This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, here we go. NHL tonight. Three minutes left in the first period. Bruins and Flyers tied 1-1. A little bit later on tonight, St. Louis at Vegas. Baseball playoffs. Eighth inning. Astros taken to the Red Sox. Houston with a 7-1 lead. The series is tied 2-2. First pitch in about a minute in L.A. Braves and Dodgers. Atlanta leads that best of 7-2-1. Basketball tonight. Regular season. Raptors back in Toronto. Two minutes left in the first quarter. And they're taking on the Washington Wizards. 2018. The Wizards lead it. How could they ever lose a game? They're Wizards. All right, so the Oilers on the road. They will play at Arizona tomorrow, at Vegas on Friday. 6 o'clock face-off show both days here on 6.30, Chet. Both games will start at 8 o'clock. The Oilers did not practice today, but they did announce that goaltender Mike Smith has been placed on injured reserve, and Stuart Skinner has been called up from the Bakersfield Condors. Smith last night left the game partway through the second period, about a minute and a bit after allowing... Anaheim's fourth goal of the game and uh, he went down the tunnel didn't come back to the bench and Dave Tippett said after the game that he tweaked something lower body he'd be looked at this morning so that has happened Smith not going to be able to go now injured reserve means he misses the next two games and he could be eligible to be activated for the game against the Philadelphia Flyers one week from tonight. So hopefully it's nothing serious and we see Smith back soon. Miko Koskinen came on in relief last night, did pretty well, stopped 20 at 21, helped the Oilers get the victory over the Ducks. Now, as for Stuart Skinner, here's the deal with Stuart Skinner. He played in the preseason for the Oilers and was pretty solid. I thought he looked good in the preseason. He hung around till the end of camp, um, you know, had a couple of very good games and then a couple other pretty solid appearances. So Skinner has been called up. Here's how the season has started for him with the Bakersfield Condors. On Saturday against the Abbotsford Canucks, eh, not a great outing, but he got the win. He stopped 19 out of 22 shots as the uh, Condors beat Abbotsford 5-3. Then on Sunday... Skinner stole one. The Condors were outshot 34-15. He stopped all 34 pucks he faced, and the Condors won the game 1-0. He's an important prospect for the Oilers. He did play the one regular season game last season. Remember, Mike Smith missed the first 13 games of the year. Koskinen was uh, finally given a night off against the Ottawa Senators, and Skinner got the 8-5 victory. Had some good moments in that game. Had some moments in which he looked like it was his first NHL start. He didn't look at all to me like a young, uncomfortable goalie in the preseason. He looked very, very good. Back-to-back games, don't know if they're going to play him. We'll hear from Dave Tippett after the morning skate tomorrow, but I would think if they have to put Skinner in, 
they would feel pretty good about it. Dave Tippett said in the preseason, he looks like an NHL goalie. He looks like he belongs, the way he tracks the puck and moves and does all the little things. So that's the story today for the Oilers, even though they weren't on the ice. Let's get a little bit more from Skinner on Jay Woodcroft, his coach with the Condors. This is what he told Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now a couple of days ago. It was an interesting week for Stewart. Obviously, he competed all the way through to uh, the end of main training camp there in Edmonton. Um, he was reassigned at the end of camp. It, as you know, it's a it's a long drive down to California, so it took him a couple days uh, to get down here and get settled. Uh, he got a couple practices in. Um, I thought uh, on the opening night uh, he gave us a chance to win. I don't know if he was at his best or most comfortable that night um, but he gave us a chance to win the game and that's the most important uh, uh, the most important thing for a goaltender is to consistently give your team a chance to win and and certainly he did that um, it was a very hotly contested first game against Abbotsford uh, with some lead changes and uh, the team found a way and then yesterday uh, in a game under in less than 24 hours I think it was uh, it was a five o'clock start yesterday uh, versus a fresh team we needed Stewart specifically right off the bat uh, and and I didn't think as a team we started the game very well but Stewart stood strong when we needed him and uh, we kind of gradually worked our way into that game and found a way to win um, and he was certainly a huge part of it. So Jay Woodcroft with a pretty positive report on Stuart Skinner, his first two games of the season, did say maybe didn't look as comfortable as you would like in that first one, but he still got the win and then obviously stole it on Sunday. So Skinner's coming up, Smith on injured reserve, and uh, I would expect Koskinen would start tomorrow. Maybe Friday's a, a we'll-see situation. We see how the game goes tomorrow. I, I, I just, you know, I think they liked Skinner a lot. And uh, I don't think that they would be uh, as adverse to giving him some game action like they were last year, where really they, did, they didn't put him in until they pretty much had reached no choice with Koskinen playing so many games. So that's the uh, story on the Oilers' goaltending front as they flew today. Like I said, they did not skate, but they did announce that roster transaction. The game last night, kind of a crazy one. Sloppy, the word used over and over to describe it. Both teams made some good plays. Both teams made some huge mistakes. In the end, depending on how you want to look at it, the Oilers make a couple of more plays or the Ducks made a couple of more big mistakes. But the Oilers got the 6-5 win. They are 3-0. and You can't argue with that. I do think sometimes you have to win with your B game or even your C game. It was certainly not the Oilers' A game last night by any means, but they were able to do enough to, to beat a Ducks team that probably in the end isn't going to have a great season. We'll see how it ultimately goes from them. I know they've had a couple of... A victory so far, but John Gibson, their uh, their number one goalie, who didn't play last night, was the big reason they won their two games this year against Winnipeg and Calgary. Anthony Stolarz made a huge mistake, at least to my eye anyway, and I want to ask Kelly Rudy about it later when he's on the show, about Bouchard's goal that went in from behind the icing line off the left skate of Stolarz as he had crept his foot away from the post to give the puck a little bit of room there to go in. But the Oilers able to do enough in the end I was really curious as to how Dave Tippett was going to react to this game. He was asked in his post-game availability, are you worried about some of the things you saw tonight? No, it's like there's ebbs and flows of games. There's, 
things you do well, things you got to clean up. But in the end, I'm glad we found a way to win. It was kind of a sloppy game that that uh, you know we find a way to capitalize on a couple chances. We drew some penalties, helped us. So it's uh, we can't all be masterpieces. There can't all be things that coach walks out and say, "Oh boy, that was great." It was it was good. We found a way to get two points. That's a good thing going on the road. Okay, so some thoughts there. First of all, that's the message he delivers publicly. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the message he's delivering to the team behind the scenes. Though I will say this, we're three games into an 82-game campaign. There are a lot of new players on the team. They did win. So is that the night to, to rip your team? and put your foot down with 79 games left and hopefully several playoff games. Is that the night to do it? Is that the night to kick the team and say, you guys are trash, even though they picked up a 6-5 win? I would say probably not. I think as a coach, probably a leader in any profession, you have to pick your spots when you are really, really harsh. Now, again, there were mistakes. There are things that are going to be looked at on video. Um, Probably, though, not the night to totally tear the team apart and make them feel like they're the most worthless hockey team in the history of civilization. We all know that uh, that's the St. Vincent School for poorly coordinated boys that played a few years ago. But anyway, so that, that's kind of how I look at that with, with Tippett. I think a little bit softer approach last night after the game. He saw the mistakes. He probably didn't see any any urgency to come out and say publicly, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, I can't believe we gave the park away. I can't believe we didn't cover that guy. They figured it out. They got the win. They beat a team they should beat most of the time, bank the 3-0 record and go on the road. And this is going to be a fun road trip. You got Arizona, who is not off to a good start to the season, so a team they should beat, and then Vegas. And most of the preseason predictions had Vegas and the Oilers one, two in the Pacific Division, and and in that order for most people, Vegas first and the Oilers second. So you play them on a back-to-back. You play a team that's done very well in its short existence, has a lot of good players, and you see where you go from there. All right, so that's just how I look at that. I want to talk about some of the big positives and big, I don't want to call them negatives when they're 3-0, and some of the big areas of concern that we might see early in the season. Of course, I'm happy to hear from you if you want to talk to an actual human being because you probably get bored talking to Surrey and Alexa all day. I can promise you I'm much more interesting, though I can't play your music on... Actually, we can play music on request if you really want to hear a song. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the text line and the good old-fashioned phone hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. Would you start Skinner? What makes you feel up? What gives you some worry about the Oilers so far? And what did you think of Tippett's approach after the game or anything else that is on your mind? Jack Michaels will check in from Arizona as well before 7 o'clock. We are off and running, folks. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. I have a bit of a confession to make. Kellen, I better just get this off my chest. I got a confession. Uh-oh. So I did something today. This might freak some people out. I went Christmas shopping today. 
Dun, dun, dun. Well, look. Now, I did not put up any Christmas de decorations. Actually, I don't even have any Halloween decorations up. I, I'm not going to get started on, on the whole decoration thing. I'm just going to I... yeah, I'm just going to buy a pumpkin like four days before and carve it and put it on the front stoop. That's the amount of my Halloween decorating. So, yeah, that's like when I was a a, a a kid, and this was a long time ago. You know, my dad and I, basically my dad, I would watch would carve a pumpkin October thirtieth. <laughs> Like that's, yeah, that's what basically, would yeah. That's what it would happen. And now it's I feel like the whole month is Halloween month and people got all these ghoulish things in their front yards and dismembered bodies and, and all these weird bloody decorations and giant spiders hanging in their windows. Yeah, it starts pretty early. But I went Christmas shopping today because... You know, sometimes I have a busy schedule, had a little time after lunch today. So I thought, okay, there's a couple of very specific things. I, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to go to these places and just get them and take care of it. Now, I can't say too much because I think the people uh, I was shopping for, namely my mom and dad, are probably uh, listening to the show. So I, I'm just going to leave it at that. But I did go Christmas shopping today. So if it, if it starts snowing tomorrow, if there's a snap blizzard, I'm sorry, everybody, it's my fault because I, uh, I went Christmas shopping. I did run into an inside sports lister, though. So, uh, Frank, if you're listening, it was nice meeting you today. Thanks for tuning into the show. That was pretty cool. All right, 780-496-0063. Dion writes in. He says, play Stuart Skinner tomorrow and play Koskinen against Vegas. The D needs to sharpen up. We can't be letting in three goals per game and expect to do well this season. Jordy says, yes, start Skinner. and Let's see what he's got and how he handles the pressure. That's from Jordy. And uh, LB says, uh, sadly, the weak link on the defense is Keith. We need him to be noisy, not the shy kid. All right. I would think, uh, I, I thought Keith and CeCe had a pretty good game on Saturday against the Calgary Flames. Personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pin the, the sloppiness on any one person or pair too much yesterday. I know Tyson Berry kind of got his ice time cut back a little bit. And we saw Evan Bouchard with Darnell Nurse a little bit more as, as the game went on. Uh, again, I think yesterday w was a, a pretty, again, a high event game kind of a game with a lot of swings i thought players made some pretty good plays and then players made some pretty lousy plays <laughs> along the course of the game which uh led to a lot of chances at both ends. but i i look i i i um uh, i got that uh you know the one person said put skinner in tomorrow i i highly suspect miko koskin is going to play tomorrow and dave Tippett praised koskin after last night's game solid really solid yeah really solid it was Moving well, made some good saves for us. A couple in tight there were good, so it's a good start for him. Well, I think you know, we, we've, he's been good all camp. He's been, he's been very good. So we, uh, you know, we talked about putting Kosk in tonight to start this one, and Schmidt's played two real strong games. We were going to see if we could close out uh, our homestand with 3-0, and so we went with Schmidt again. Unfortunately, he couldn't finish, and Koski came in and, and got us a win, so it's... We, we've liked both guys all through camp. All, like I said, in camp, all four guys. And now Skinner's gone down there and played very well, too. So we're, uh, we're certainly comfortable with the goaltending. 
Yeah, Koskinen, 20 saves on 21 shots, was the winning goaltender last night. All right, we'll talk more about the goaltending. I, I do want to talk about the shots against and some of the defending because pretty severe shot totals here for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll touch on Evan Bouchard as well. And Jack Michaels, I hope, is going to be on the show. I saw on Instagram about half an hour ago, he posted a picture of himself lounging by a pool. So hopefully he's focused enough to join us on Inside Sports. A couple of goals for Zach Cassian last night in the Oilers' victory over the Ducks. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Second period about to start in Philadelphia. Flyers lead the Bruins 2-1 at 8 o'clock. It's St. Louis at Vegas. Baseball playoffs, the Astros on the verge of taking a three games to two lead on the Red Sox. Houston leads it 9-1 in the bottom of the ninth at Fenway. Two early runs for Atlanta. They're up 2-0 on the Dodgers in the top of the second. NBA tonight, Raptors are back home, and uh, they're not doing very well. With four minutes left in the first half, it is 52-32 for the Washington Wizards. Like I said, they're Wizards. They're magic. How do you possibly stop them? Speaking of magic, Oilers play-by-play voice Jack Michaels is on the line checking in. Jack, like, are, where are, I saw this recent picture of you, and when I say recent, I mean within the last 45 minutes. Are you doing this radio hit lying next to a pool? Be honest. Where are you? No, I'm not, Reed. I'm hard at work, as always. I, I'm not sure. I honestly am not sure if that's the case. Like, what you you could be well, by a pool I, I, I and be working. I understand sitting by a pool is foreign to you. You you don't strike me as a poolside guy ever. Yeah, fair enough. What does that what does that have to do with your whereabouts? Well, I like to change the subject. If I talk about buying a speedboat, you'll forget what we were talking about. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a, I, 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 I'm not I a turtle. I have on my part, especially Reed, you know, you give me a nice intro for a change. You give me a decent slot time slot also for a change. I'm assuming we have to cut away in like two minutes for some sort of traffic report. Uh, I, I think it's the uh, cattle prices actually. Oh, okay. I figured it was going to be something, but, uh, and then, you know, I mean, look, Reed, what you don't understand is that when I grind away in the sunshine, coming up with the kind of nuggets that, you know, one dares dream of on another broadcast, you have a hard time conceptualizing that I could do that in what for you would be adverse conditions. But for me, it's just conducive to the kind of intellectual brilliance that I like to bring with me on the air every night. So what Jack Michaels is telling you, everybody, is that his brain works the best is at its sharpest while he is lying while he is sunbathing basically by a pool that is jack's creative i think lying i think lying is an inaccurate representation of the posture that i'm usually in as i continue to crunch numbers and develop formulas for making each and every broadcast a better place not just a better broadcast but a better place the world, in fact, a better place. That's well, my goal. 
you are one who uh, certainly uh, brings a, a lot of joy to the world, absolutely, as you do when you're calling play-by-play for the Oilers, either on the television or on the radio. How did it go last night uh, back on the tube? You were, you were with Louie last night, right? That was the first time I've ever actually called a game that was in front of me from that position. I called a number of games last year on the road from that position, but that was, you know, just off monitors. Uh, this was the actual first time I've called a game that was actually being played in the same building where I was stationed. So a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I have the best of both worlds, as do you, Reed. I mean, you've got me and Cam. I, I'm sure you go home to Art and Lucy and, and tell them what a privilege it is to work with both of us. And, you know, I completely understand that from your point of view. Yes, that's, uh, of course, uh, Art and Lucy, the uh, false names of my, my parents. Someday Jack will learn the actual names of my parents, but perhaps that, that'll be uh, further down the road. Now, how many buildings, because we should tell people, at, at Rogers Place, under a conventional setup, and last season was obviously not a conventional setup, The uh, your radio position is up in the press box, eight stories above the ice, and Correct. the television position is much lower down. How many, or maybe you're going to find this out this year, but you might have a sense. Is that is that common that TV is closer to the ice? Is that unique to Rogers Place? Take us behind the scenes here a bit. A couple of ranks. Uh, Dallas is one. I think Vegas is one. Uh, there's a couple. Jersey is one. There's, uh, you know, four or five where TV has the lower position. Uh, and, of course, in previous years, I used to be extremely jealous and now I'm the beneficiary of such largesse, so I'll just button it up from there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good. Uh, good that it's. I mean, how does it feel? I mean, and, and I know you've you've traveled, but just now playing a road game on it's the fantastic. team plane. Read it. Yeah. It's today was actually a, a bit of a, a speck of real normalcy from a work standpoint. I got a feeling for it. You know, just. Seeing my family this summer was nice, and we were able to, you know, kind of enjoy ourselves and not worry about the world too much. And today, from a work perspective, felt, you know, somewhat normal. Uh, You know, an early workout, a flight, uh, some work in the afternoon, and again, in in sunny locations, I I love to do my work by the pool. Why wouldn't you? And then, you know, a dinner out with colleagues, and that's what's ahead of me. And Reed, you know, it's hard for me to articulate completely because I don't have a normal nine to five job, but that's going to feel awesome tonight. That's the road life. You've experienced a taste of it at drafts. You know, when we like to take you to some of our favorite places, when you go to these various cities with us and, and we'll, we'll enjoy that tonight. And it, and it means something to us. And part of the reason it'll mean more to us this time around is because it's been so long since we've had the privilege to do it. So it was nice to feel normal a little bit today. Yeah, well, and I hope at one of these drafts I eventually do get invited on one of these outings, Jack. That sounds like a blast. But anyway, you know, one out of every three. <laughs> yeah, one out of every three. You pull my name, and it, it's it's like it's like the media covering the Masters. They they pull a few names out of the hat every year to play the round. That's what I'm like getting to hang out with you guys on the road at the draft. You pull the names out of the hat. Oh, Reed gets to come out with us this year. No, but seriously, Jack and I love each other. So to tell you what, buddy. Uh, obviously, the news today is Mike Smith on injured reserve. 
Stuart Skinner called up from the farm. You know, I would expect Koskinen to start on Thursday. I don't know. Could Stuart Skinner get Friday's game? Do you think it's a wait and see, depending on how Koskinen and the team plays tomorrow against the Coyotes? I think it's possible. I mean, certainly the plan, I can tell you this, the plan was to start Koskinen Thursday in the front end of the back-to-back. So now with Mike Smith out of the picture, you know, that's the debate, is do you, especially if it delivers a quality start, do you give Miko the extra work and kind of catch him up to speed? Because the nice thing for Dave Tippett is, you know, they don't play again until Wednesday. So you've got you know, essentially a, a five days off. So it's not like Miko is going to get worn down. And the other thing about playing Koskinen is if you give him the back-to-back starts, then his workload now matches your starter. And that's ultimately, I think, you know, what Dave Tippett wants to do is keep both guys fresh, but both guys in a certain groove. And with the five days off, you know, again, a, another – week and a half would go by, maybe two weeks, before Koskinen would start again if he doesn't start him on Thursday. Because presumably, Mike Smith will be healthy, rested, and ready to go on Wednesday against Philadelphia. Now, that may not happen. But ultimately, I think the bulk of the decision lies in how well Miko Koskinen plays against Arizona. It's a short flight to Vegas. You're in your room by probably... 1230, 1245 at the latest. Uh, you know, there's not going to be a morning skate. So if Koskinen plays well, I would expect him to probably play again against Vegas. All right. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. But, but I think the comfort level, I was talking about this in the first half hour of the show, from everything Dave Tippett said, from everything we saw, the comfort level with Skinner has grown exponentially since they finally gave him that one appearance. I can't remember if it was the last day of January or February yes, 1st. I mean, Tippett said he, he's he looks in a like an NHL place than he was, Right. If, he's in a different place than what he was when he gave up five and still won against Ottawa. But I think Mike Miko Koskinen is too. I mean, he's had a good preseason. He stopped 20 of 21 last night in relief under, you know, dire circumstances. I mean, at that point of the game, the Oilers were down 4-3, but there were still 30 minutes left to play. So if Koskinen came in cold or rusty, you know, and mishandled a few pucks, game over. And instead, you know, he kind of holds the fort and allows his club to come back and win. And now if he does it again tomorrow night against Arizona, again, you, you have a chance to equalize the workload that he shares with Mike Smith. That wouldn't be a knock on Stuart Skinner. But ultimately, I think Dave Tippett also recognizes the value of continuing to boost Miko Koskinen's confidence as long as he's playing well. He doesn't necessarily want a clearly defined one and then a significant drop down to two. Even as well as Mike Smith played last year, I think he wants to get Koskinen back to the level he was in 1920 and giving him some steady work in early season games where he has a chance to succeed. Remember, Vegas won't have Pacioretty, won't have Mark Stone, is a great opportunity. Yeah, that that's a good point. The injuries for sure. Okay, a couple more for you, Jack. I know you got to get out to to dinner here. You're probably going to In and Out Burger or something like that. Uh, give me one big positive for the Oilers through three games, and I won't call it a negative because they are three and zero. But also give me one 
area that you'd like to see some improvement sooner rather than later? Well, I think they're related to the same thing. I mean, I, you know, Edmonton's 3-0 and without having played an A game yet. I, I don't think the Oilers, you know, have been really at their best through the first three games. They've made a ton of mistakes in all three. Their best game was probably against Vancouver, but you have to consider you also had a 2 nothing lead with eight minutes to go, and you had to go to a shootout to win it. You know, that's ultimately something that, you know, Dave Tippett wants no part of come playoff time. There were a couple of third-period leads that got away against Winnipeg in the first-round playoff series. So winning while not at your best, I think, has been the biggest positive from an Edmonton standpoint. The, you know, as far as areas to clean up, I mean, this is truly the coach's ideal 3-0 and start because he can look at the shots on goal. He can look at leads blown. He can look at some blown coverages. There's been enough mistakes and enough ways to pick apart this 3-0 and hockey club. Again, coaches love that. They love winning, but they also, you know, like doing it in a fashion where the team won't com- be completely content and, you know, won't be too comfortable because they know there's a lot of areas of improvement. And I think if you look at the Oilers, you know, ultimately, they've been outshot. You know, they, they, they at times have been outplayed by all three teams. And Anaheim was on the second of a back-to-back and considered by many to be a bottom five club in this league. So there's enough there for Dave Tippett to keep pushing, especially early in the season when the schedule is not demanded. Yes, they're in the midst of a three and four, but as we already talked about, that it's five days off before, you know, a home game against Philadelphia. And they've had, you know, they will have had in their first 10 games, seven at home. So it's a perfect area to not only make some hay read, but also pick apart your mistakes. All right. And finally, in your extensive research and concentration this afternoon, what can you tell us about the Arizona Coyotes? I mean, I'll tell you this as a jumping-off point. They're 0-2-1. They're already minus 10 in goal differential. Yeah, it's, it's to be honest with you, it's one of the weakest teams I've seen on paper in a long time. Uh, you know, as I prepped my sheet this afternoon, it, it's really a, a, a collection of guys. I mean, they only have six players under contract beyond this season. Six! I mean, they've got a bunch of expiring contracts. They've got, you know, three bloated contracts from Vancouver. Uh, and I don't blame them. They, you know, that those you're, you're clearing cap space, you're hoping to make some moves, and you're hoping you hit on the seven picks you have in the first two rounds of this draft. But in my estimation, this team is two to three years away from being competitive. And, and part of it is... You know, to be honest with you, and they parted ways with Christian Dvorak, sending him to Montreal, but, you know, Clayton Keller hasn't turned out to be that great. You know, Nick Schmaltz, same thing. The, the guy they acquired in the Dylan Strome deal. They've had down years. Uh, Keller's points have declined four years in a row. I know he's played fewer games, but kind of the points per game has been static. So, you know, and, and the, the goaltending. I mean, Carter Hutton has, I believe, stopped 33 of 47. And he's your starter. Uh, you know, so he's clearly struggling. They've got some talent on the back end. Jacob Chikrin, Shane Gossespear, but Gossespear is not the same guy he was. He's had a couple of major knee injuries. And since the 65-point season a year ago, he's, he's just been spotty offensively and he's subpar defensively. So, 
you know, while there's some talent back there, they've got the Timmons, who they got from Colorado in the deal that sent Darcy Kemper the other way. But this is, you know, by and large, uh, you know, a collection of misplaced parts from other hockey clubs. There's not a lot of true draftees, you know, on the roster right now. It's a bunch of guys, Andrew Ladd, Louis Erickson. I mean, there's a bunch of guys collecting paychecks right now. And, you know, it's really going to be a test for Andre Turney to get this club playing well on a consistent basis. Because not only do they have, you know, depleted weaponry, but the guys they do have who were once good players are past their prime. And the younger guys, in many cases, aren't as good as they expected them to be. So if that sounds like a rough combination, it's because it is. Jack, I always appreciate your time. I'll let you get out to supper, and if you can find a Case Keenum jersey while you're out there, I think you should snap it up. Hey, now that's not fair. No tackles, no running backs, no quarterback. I mean, Cleveland, you talk about a star-crossed franchise. Reed, you're right. I might need that cocktail sooner rather than later. (laughs) All right, Jack. We'll talk to you tomorrow. That's Jack Michaels checking in from the road with the Edmonton Oilers. He'll be on the TV broadcast uh, Thursday and Friday. We're going to have Cam Moon doing the radio here on 630, Chad. Uh, Jack is uh, an unusual man sometimes, which is why I like having him on the program. Always entertaining and doing his research poolside. Hey, why not? If you can do it, why not? 780-496-0063 780-496-0063 if you want to check in. I want to get to a little, uh, a few more comments, Dave. Tippett made last night. Kelly Rudy is coming up as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. his first of the season for the Boston Bruins Philly leading Boston 3-2 halfway through the second period in the NHL tonight just one other game in the league this evening Blues at Golden Knights now the Oilers at Coyotes tomorrow Oilers hockey presented by Furnace Family we got the face-off show at six the puck will drop at eight same times for the games again or for the game against the Vegas Golden Knights coming up on Friday one of the positives this season for the Oilers Evan Bouchard who turns 22 today Played 22 minutes against Vancouver last week, 17 against Calgary on the weekend, 19 and a half minutes last night against Anaheim, got moved up for at least parts of the game, playing with uh, Darnell Nurse in place of Tyson Berry, got a goal and an assist, had seven blocked shots. Dave Tippett on Bouchard. Yeah, solid player, smart player, reads situations well, usually uh, executes pretty well, calm with the puck. Engaged, engaged in the physical battles, which is the biggest part of his maturity is his game. Is he's he's not he's not running anybody over. He's just using his body well, using body position to box people out, things like that, to hold pucks. He's a, he's a good player. Yeah, Bouchard, uh, pretty good showing for him so far. All right, we got to call a quick time out here for the news and weather. We will uh, look a little closer at that funny goal Bouchard scored last night. Kelly Rudy coming up and we'll also tell you what's ahead for Edmonton minor hockey quick card minor hockey week is back 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad